Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Brews and Belters podcast, where we talk all things soccer while sipping on some local brews. I am Keegan Gowitz. Um, tonight, I'm drinking Lakefront Brewery's Pumpkin Lager. Really, really good. 6.1%. Um, one of the, my favorite pumpkin beers that I've had. I'm typically an Oktoberfest guy around this time of year, but a, bit, a co-worker of mine is a huge pumpkin beer guy, so I've been trying to dabble a little bit. Um with me as always, Toby. Tobes, how are you? What are you sipping tonight? Keeks, doing great. Um, tonight, I have the Revolution Brewing out of Chicago. I have their Oktoberfest, so staying with it. At least one of us is having one. Uh, German-style lager, 5.7. Is that Sweet. a shot at me? At least uh, one of us is having one? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you no, were. Okay. I'll, I'll bring it back next week. Fine. Two, two weeks in a row you had it, so... Yeah, uh, it's super good, super refreshing. Uh, officially, Oktoberfest season two weeks ago. We had sweatshirt season. I don't know if we're doing more uh, bees and bees podcasts, sweatshirts, but it's that time of season. So we might have to maybe maybe switch it up and do crew next this year since we did hoodies last year. Or um, you know, I've, I've been thinking about maybe beanies. Beanies, I'd be into that. Why not? Yeah, yeah. It's almost beanie season too. Damn near beanie season. Yep. Once yeah, we get the I, orders in. So I went, I just manned out today. I grilled steak for dinner tonight. God, you are so tough and masculine. Dude, you should hear this. I was down in my ravine with a chainsaw and I cut through an entire tree as well. Like oh just my God. Straight being a man, like early in Halan during his, <laughs> during his off season workout with his dad. Don't in, speak in, his name. In the woods. <laughs> so. Dude is on a tear, just absolute monster. I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to talk Champions League where he's tearing it up? Premier League where he's tearing it up? Spooky indeed. Yeah, let's just get right into that. Um, that humanoid. Yeah. Um, Manchester Derby thrashing 6-3. to three. I mean, United put up three goals. Good on them. But Erling Haaland hat trick, his third hat trick in the Prem already. Uh, I think the next closest or the next fastest to three hat-tricks was Michael Owen, and it took him 48 matches. So, I mean, what he's doing is insane. Eight matches, three hat-tricks. Um, assuming he stays healthy, just going to shatter every record there is yeah. as far as goal scoring goes. It's sickening. And and to have KDB playing the ball to him, Gundogan playing the ball to him, Bernardo Silva, it's it's nuts. Yeah, no, it's a it's a broken record, and I keep thinking that he's got to have a heat check, and the dude you just would think. he's he's Steph Curry range, like he's anywhere he wants, he shoots, he's got the green light. Pep, I don't even think Pep gives a shit. Pep's probably telling all his boys just to whip it in the box every time, yeah. every freaking time. Jack Graylish, I don't even care. Don't even look who you're passing to. Just kick it in the box, and. Yeah, Pep's done away with the the beautiful the beautiful <laughs> Cruyffian style of football, and he's like, just fucking play the ball into the box. The dude's gonna get to it, and he does. And on top of that, you've got Phil Foden also scoring a hat trick. So doesn't really matter where it comes from. Riyad Mahrez got the nod today in Champions League. He scored a goal penalty, but scored a goal. Class. Who, who's who's that guy again? I forgot about him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean they're they're just unbelievable, and I think I said after the first match of the season, I was like, it feels like Pep is just this evil genius in like a James Bond movie, and we're just at that apex of his height. Like if it was a trilogy, it'd be the beginning of the second movie, where he's just been building up, and it's like, all right, this guy's gonna be a problem. This whole thing is gonna be a serious issue, and it already is a problem. It has been a problem, but now it's just like, okay, there's no going back. The world's over. I just keep laughing because it's like every every episode you're talking about or every single like movie from one to two to three, he's adding a pocket to his pants and he's continually just cargoing nonstop <laughs> <laughs> with, with his turtlenecks and his That's his, where like... his power comes from is the fit. I, his I, cargo pants. I mean it's it's unreal. It really is. Like it's not even fair. It really isn't. No, it's, it's I mean not, like yeah. so early Halan is doing these finishes that are phenomenal, but like the passing is grade A as well. Like that Kevin De Bruyne pass best pass I've seen since earlier today when I saw Di Maria's outside the boot pass for for <laughs> yeah. Juve. That yeah, was that was beautiful. That was delicious too, but yeah, yeah I mean KDB is just 
And it's it's constant. It's reliable. Like it's not like that dude just pulls a pass like that out of his ass. I mean, it's it is truly constant. If if a ball is to be played somewhere, he's gonna put it right there. Also, I was super impressed with Holland's pass to Foden for either his second or third. Um, played it wide from from wide outside the box with his left foot, curled one in low on the ground, went right around the defenders. Um, I can't remember if it was Lissandro or who it was, but it just curled right around them, found its way to Foden for a tap-in, and it's just, I mean, 1 through 11, they're all unbelievable. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. Um, In addition to his three Premier League hat-tricks in just eight matches, he is 22 years old and already has 25, I believe it's 25 Champions League goals. He has more Champions League goals than Luis Suarez who is damn near retirement and was in his prime with Liverpool, one of the greatest strikers in the world. Just outrageous shit. Um, yeah. I mean, his comparisons are going to be game. They're going to be going bonkers. Yeah, about these. The, yeah. Soon there will be none. Um, there like really unfor- will be none. Unfortunately, I think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, how we're going to like describe this era of football is, was that was that your team before Erling Haaland took over with City, or was that after? Like, when was that time period? Like, th- this is going to be like a dated area for us. It's, yeah, yeah, it's so shitty and sport defining. Yeah, yeah, it's he's going to change the way that the Premier League has to play with their center backs. Like, he's gonna he's gonna have to be approached to tactically every match, and it's going to change the way that literally the Premier League is set up. Yeah, yeah. It feels like he was designed in a lab by Pep, and we need we're gonna need center backs also designed in a lab, uh, specifically to stop players like him. So, yeah, imagine Boo, baby, imagine Boo, imagine Boo. boo. <laughs> um, I was gonna sing a, a Frank Ocean song there, Pink Matter, but we'll skip that for sure. the viewers' sake. Uh, okay. North London Derby, let's just rip the bandaid off, Toby. Let's get into it, man. Three one Arsenal. Uh, red card, which seemed to be controversial. I personally, no disrespect, I thought um, I thought it could have been a yellow, but I, I wasn't mad at the red. I really wasn't mad at the red. I didn't think he was really close to the ball. I didn't think he had any chance for the ball. Spikes up into the ankle, the back of the ankle. I personally was fine with that, but let's hear your thoughts on the match and on the, on the red card. I. Uh- I thought it was a red card as well. Um, I think the better officiating would have given yellow and then went to VAR for red, but it actually looked worse in slow-mo because con- you continually just saw him just rake the upper ankle. And yeah, yeah I mean, it is what it is. And it was so freaking Spursy for that to happen with the fact that this dude is like just an ungodly terrible player for them right now and he's like trying his best like i guess a a report came out the day before where he's dropped over a million dollars uh of his own or a million pounds of his own money for like self-help stuff like whether it be like a crypto chamber in his like place that he lives uh he's actually paying some private person to write up a full report on hakimi from psg and like figure out like what he does to try and mold his game around that since that's what Conti like considers to be like the best wing back. Wow. Um, so he's doing a lot of shit, but then he's just not very good. And he's put in these positions because he plays so high up and his finishing is just not very good. He had a terrible take on a volley. And I was like, dude, like you only get three or four opportunities as a team to really have grade A chances and you had two of them, and you were totally off the mark on both of them. Uh, it's just frustrating. But what's even more frustrating is, is like, I don't know if they have anyone that they can put in that would do better. I want to say Jed Spence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, what has he done for Tottenham? You know, he hasn't even really played at all. So it's, like, hard to really see yeah. if they're, if that's worth it. But I feel like it's worth a shot at this point. And I, I didn't know all that about Emerson Royale. Um, and that's great that he's putting in the effort and everything. But again, yeah, I mean, he's he's been a little bit of a liability, which sucks. But that's the reality of it. You yeah. get to this level and it's 
to a certain extent, it's, you know, you can put in that effort and you can, you can make those strides and hopefully it'll pay off for them down the road. But like you kind of hit a, a threshold where it's like, all right, you're, you're not the guy right now. And I'm curious, would you like to see Jed Spence at least get a chance? Because again, this is a guy who had a ton of hype coming into the season and it feels like he hasn't really gotten many chances to play. Um, and I'll even say the same with Bisuma, who's gotten more opportunity, but still doesn't seem to come in until late in the match. Typically, would you like to see those two get more playing time? Uh, yeah, I I think right now I don't think Conte really trusts anyone on his bench. Yeah, like there's only like two or three guys, and two of them are injured right now with Lucas Mora and uh, Dijan Kulusevski. So I really don't know what what he's gonna do roster wise because I mean these are the next two games without a right the right wing back um i would like to see jed spence get in there uh, i could see them putting parasic on that side and putting sesignon on the left because i think he trusts sesignon more than any of the other guys um but he's kind of more just fully left-footed whereas i think parasic can maybe float both sides yeah uh, but i i think jed spence could be good if they just give him the opportunity i mean if they could just get someone to freaking pass the ball and not to like a space but actually to someone's forehead i think Tottenham would be great. Their cohesiveness when it comes to the passing in the final third has been awful this season. Yeah. And that's what's so crazy about Tottenham being third and then third in the league and second in Champions League as of right now is just because the fact that I I don't think they've played a good game this entire season. Like they have not put back-to-back halves together. They've had one half like against uh, James Madison and uh, Leicester City where they put up like four goals in the second half. Great second half but the first half it was a 50 50 game it could have gone either way and so that i feel like that's been the case the entire season there hasn't been enough consistency and they don't get off the bus ready to play right away and it's it's just frustrating and it's why well, i'm a tottenham fan so and and that's the thing too um you bring up a good point with sesignon maybe a little bit more reliable or like tried and true option than jed spence and next week with Royale out, you guys have Brighton, who's been playing really well. They sit in fourth right now. Huge match, obviously, for the table. So it feels like Sessegnon would be a more reliable option. The week after that, you go to Everton, who have been playing better recently. Um, but that feels like maybe an opportunity where you could get Spence in, whether he starts or comes in as a sub. But, I mean, every every point right now obviously matters sitting in third. So it, it does feel like Sessegnon is a more reliable option, even though maybe you would prefer, I personally would prefer as a neutral to see Jed Spence come in and get some reps in, but you can understand if Conte doesn't bring him in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand it. So talking about all this from a Tottenham perspective, from the other side, which I hate to even admit this, uh, Arsenal played really well. They had a great game plan coming out. And I mean, they were on the front foot. It felt like for a good portion of the, of the game. Yeah. And it sucks to see a big match like this in a Derby like this, um, affected by a red card, even though it did feel like Arsenal did have the, you know, um, they were a step ahead. It, it does suck to see a match. like I mean, I think back to last year, I think our first match against Chelsea, Reese James got a red card, ended up a 1-1 draw, um, and it, it did feel like just the game itself had been robbed a little bit. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I was happy to see him go off, but at the same time, like trying to come back and be a neutral and just enjoy the game, it, it does feel like you're getting robbed in a big match like that. Um, because teams can't really play the way that they want to. But, yeah, Arsenal have looked phenomenal. I mean, they're just good. There's no other way to put it right now. Like, they're they're not – no one's being fooled. They're, they're first in the league, and they get the results they need to get, and I think they've got a really good squad all the way through, and they've been reliable in the back and really, really dangerous up front. So, so that kick started my Saturday – I got up at like 5.30 in the morning. I think the game kicked off at 6.30. Uh, that game made me want to start drinking or like wake and bake by 8 a.m. <laughs> uh, didn't do either, thank the Lord. Um, what else did you like Saturday after that? There was quite a few games. There were. Um, Liverpool 
Brighton ended up 3-3. Leandro Trossard, hat-trick. He's been phenomenal for them this year. He's been just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, he he is the heart of that team, it feels like. And, I mean, they've got a good squad. We've brought up Tariq uh, uh, Partey a couple times – or Lamptey a couple times. Excuse me, not Partey. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, don't want to mix Lamptey up in in that conversation. But um, no, I mean they've got they've got weapons and they're good and they're organized. And it felt like even with Graham Potter gone, um, they've kept that cohesiveness. And I hope that they continue to. Obviously, it sucked to see them come back and grab that third goal. But um, were they deserving? I think they were absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that they were bringing it to Liverpool. Um, and I thought they played really well. And just as far as the balance of play goes, I, I think they totally deserved a draw. Um, and that's just kind of how we've been this year. Like we, we've really been pretty average and we've been vulnerable in the back to give up three goals against Brighton in past seasons. We would have never done that. No diss to Brighton, obviously. They've been really good this year. They're in fourth place right now, but we would have never given up three goals against Brighton in the past. I don't feel like, and if we did, we'd, we'd be pretty livid and, and dumbfounded by that. And I don't think I, I didn't feel shocked by that. Um, I wasn't super surprised to see that. I did like that. We came out in the champions league two zero win over Rangers. Who's, you know, one of the weaker teams in the prem right now, despite coming off of a really good Europa campaign last year. But, um, I liked that Klopp mixed it up. He went to a 4-2-3-1. And I just think that, um, one, he backed up Trent after a ton of criticism. And he said, you know, what do you expect? He plays like a right wing back. He's constantly up attacking. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, his his position is defined as a defender, but he doesn't play necessarily as a defender. Um, he's always getting up the flank, so... I like that he defended that. I like that he came out and mixed up the formation a little bit. Um, Henderson and Thiago as the two deep line. And then you've got the line of three and then Nunez up top. And I just like that in general. I I think that gives Trent a little bit more freedom, takes a little bit off his plate. And even in the 4-3-3, you would see a a midfielder drop back and, and cover for Trent. But I just think having those two there already being deep lying just helps make that way easier. I also think we've got a lot of options up front that aren't really solidified in a particular position. Obviously, Mo's solidified on the right side. Diaz, for the most part, is solidified on the left side. But then you've got Jota, Firmino, and Nunez, who can all play in the middle, and even Carvalho if you bring him in. And I think that that just allows for us to have four up top, just allows those guys more opportunity to get out there and play and mix in and mix out because Jota can play that quote unquote 10, um, you know, directly behind Nunez. Um, Firmino can play that role. Carvalho can play that role. And then really all those guys can hop up and replace Nunez as well. So I think it gives them more opportunity. I don't think you're missing anything from a midfield standpoint because you got the two deep lying. Um, and then, you know, that that guy in the middle, whether it's Jota in this case or Firmino uh, or Carvalho, they can track back as well. So I, I really like that. Whether or not he sticks with it, I like that he just mixed it up for a match and it worked well. Um, two goals, none from the run of play. Both uh, um, a Trent Alexander-Arnold free kick and then a, a Salah penalty. But I thought we had a ton of chances. Nunez had a couple chances. I thought he looked dangerous. So it was, it was a good bounce back. Um, again, it, it was against Rangers. It's not like we were playing against City or PSG or Bayern. But regardless, I think it's a, a good response from a, a lost opportunity in the Prem. With with the Prem, your boy Bobby, the 31-year-old number nine for Liverpool with uh, two goals in that game, five goals total, three assists. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting this output? That's uh, that, in my opinion, that's more. That's about 40% more than what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, Bobby's always been a little bit, with the exception of a couple seasons where he's playing really, really well consistently, he's always been a little bit up and down. And I feel like it kind of depends 
sometimes on the form around him. Um, but overall, he's been pretty consistent and a guy that you can rely on when the team's down to just kind of pull some shit out of his ass. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't expect him to put up like crazy, crazy numbers this year. But I still expect him expect him to put up good numbers and affect be effective when he gets opportunities to be. So I'm not super super surprised by this. I don't expect him to continue at this pace. Yeah, where he's you know at the end of the season he's got 15 plus goals and 10 assists. I don't think that's realistic. Um, but I think he's a guy who when he gets in majority of the time will affect matches. There will be matches where he's he's basically unnoticeable and he'll get a ton of heat for that just because people will be like, Oh, Bobby's getting old, get rid of him. And I'll probably be one of those people at some point, but (laughs) um, then he'll bounce back and he'll score two goals and have an assist four days later. Uh, And and that's just the type of player that Bobby is and, and really how he's smiling always been for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so moving on, what do you think? What do you think about Sunday? Big, big clash against Arsenal. Yeah, um, I think that'll be really tough, and I'm curious to see. I, I think we'll come out four three two one or four two three one again, and matching their formation. I think it'll be a battle of the midfield too. I think somebody's gonna have to lock down Odegaard. Um, I think Simikas could hang with Saka, um, and then it just depends. I mean, Martinelli on the left going up against Trent, I think could be a liability. But again, if we have Fabinho in there, I think we play him on Trent's side and just sag him back and let him try and soak up that that pressure from Martinelli. And again, just provide a little bit of freedom for Trent. Obviously, if Trent's already back, he needs to pick up Martinelli. But anytime he's caught out making a forward run, I think Fabinho needs to be there to cover him uh, and or Henderson. I think this is a match maybe you play Fabinho and Henderson in the back. And then you bring Tiago on later, but um, even though typically I would prefer Tiago over Hendo, but I think it's a match where you go a little bit defensive for those two deep liars, and then probably the same front four that we came out with in Champions with uh, Diaz on the left, Jota in the middle, Salah on the right, and then Nunez up top. Other than that, um, any other Premier League? I know we've kind of been jumping back and forth between Prem and Champions League. Any other Premier League matches that really stood out to you this weekend? I didn't get to watch much of Palace versus Chelsea, unfortunately, but um, I like half jokingly and half just because I love Palace said Palace 2-1. And they went up 1-0 and were up for a while, but ended up losing 2-1 to Chelsea. Um, and then Leicester beat the snot out of Nottingham 4-0, which is good for Leicester. They needed some points. Everton won 2-1 over Southampton, which is huge for them. Connor Cody goal. We were talking, hyping them up, um, you know, what, two episodes ago? Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like him and Tarkovsky have brought a ton to them. Their midfield's really opened up with Idrissa Ganagay, Iwobi, um, they're, they they went back to the team. You're like, oh man, you actually have to like show up for this game. Whereas you see like Nottingham or yeah. Bournemouth, and you're like, you know. But the, for them being at the bottom of the table, or we're at the bottom of the table now, they're in the middle of the pack, and they're back to where their their supremacy should be. So yeah, in in eleventh or fourteenth place. Yeah, yeah, somewhere living in there, <laughs> maybe maybe even fifteenth. Um. But yeah, that's about it from the from the prem standpoint. Like you mentioned, Liverpool, Arsenal this weekend. Um, other matches I think could be fun to watch. Crystal Palace, Leeds. Those feel like two teams that are, um, you know, pretty evenly matched. Everton United could be interesting with Everton playing well. Man United not playing so great coming off of the a tough Manchester derby. They're either going to be fired up or, you know, they're going to have their tail between their legs. And then Brighton. And Tottenham, I think, could be a great match as well. We'll see how Brighton does. First match um, without Graham Potter last week, and they responded really well with a chip on their shoulder. I'm kind of curious to see how they do now uh, that it's it's kind of 
sunk in a little bit and and they've had some more time if if they continue with that chip or um if they take the foot off the gas a little bit yeah i don't expect too much from either team i think it's going to be kind of like tottenham's last week's game where they are just continually sitting back and defending and you know brighton's going to kind of attack them and i expect trossard to have a good game uh and i expect maybe a draw out of that one I don't know where it's playing. Do you know where it's at? The Tottenham match by chance? Um, I'm not sure. I had the schedule pulled up here. Let me see. Uh, looks like that one is not showing up for me either. Yeah, it's the 11:30 though, so it's the, the at Brighton. The it looks like Fulmer Stadium. Yeah that that that's not good. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Not you know great. what? Let's just get back into. It. Let's talk about the quests our quest for all Serie A teams to go into the final 16 of the Champions League. How did that end up? <laughs> well, um, AC Milan isn't doing well. That's where I wanted to start this entire talk. Thank they, you, Keats. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Kick it off. Uh, dog poop. Uh, not expecting AC Milan to do what they did. They got punched in the face. Uh, yeah. Very disappointing. Uh, kudos to Graham Potter. Uh Chelsea's clicking right now. They look pretty good. Um, who would have thought all you have to do is submarine sabotage the U.S.'s World Cup with uh, not playing Pulisic at all, and you would just glow up like they are. So uh, good for Graham Potter. Uh, I expected way more from AC Milan, especially showing up with those white jackets like they did. That yeah. off-white, those off-white bombers, man. Whew. Got it going. Uh, Fakayo Tamori, I expected a little bit more out of him. He looked, he was popping off as the best defender for AC Milan. Um, and he got a yellow card, probably should have had a second yellow card, in my opinion. Been sent off. Uh, he was not just, uh, I was right at the start of the second half, if I remember right. Uh, but I mean, Milan's defense wasn't very good. The one bright spot, I don't know if it's because I was focusing on it more, but Serginio Des actually looked pretty good, especially when he was with uh, Diketa Larry or Diketa, yeah, Diketa Larney, uh, the young Belgian midfielder. Uh, there were some good link up play between both of them. So Des is definitely good offensively, taking on players. Um, he's just that tracking back. He's just not very good. And I feel like a lot of the play for the other, for, AC Milan's opponents when Des is in there is coming from that left side that he's defending. Yeah, targeting him a bit. Um, and yeah. and typically there you've got Davide Calabria and then on the opposite side you have Teo Hernandez. Right now Teo Hernandez is out. I believe Calabria is out as well. He didn't he didn't play for them today. Um and those are two huge losses for their defense too, especially going into Stanford Bridge where Chelsea's going to try and bring it to you so um, yeah, they've been a little bit disappointing. They've been a little bit disappointing in Serie A as well. They're sitting in um, fifth right now in Serie A after winning the Shudetto last year. So they definitely have lost a little bit. They Similar to Liverpool, they've lost a little bit of – I mean, injuries are one thing, and we saw Liverpool at the beginning of the year go through that. Everything I say just goes back to Liverpool. But uh, <laughs> uh, AC Milan really does remind me of them because – it feels like they've lost a little bit of that edge. Last year, there was a, not a desperation, but like a hunger to win the Shudetto, to beat out Inter. And it feels like a little bit of that is lost. And I thought that they were going to bring that, what they had last year, even more so into Europe. Um, yeah. Because we haven't seen, you know, an Italian team really succeed in Europe in a while. And I thought that they might be the team to do so. And, and they've, really haven't looked very good in the Champions League or, or Serie A at all. No, and so that equals them with four points each for Chelsea uh, to be tied for second, uh, with Salzburg actually being top of Group E with five points. Uh, both Chelsea and Milan have one win, one loss, and one tie. So, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Napoli, on the other hand, continues steamrolling everyone in their path. All they fucking do is score goals. Uh, they're built to just rain hell on any defense that they come across. It's, it's Kav insane. Kavara has become my love. And that's yeah. what I'm going to start calling him is just Kavara. That's yeah. what he prefers. So that's what yeah. we're doing. The Georgian is. He's dude, a killer, like, man. He's an assassin. 
like right now, Napoli's GM, CEO, whatever you want to call him, he could be writing a college course on how to reload a footballing club, like yeah. making making money without spending that much money. And that's what mm-hmm. he's doing right now. And dude, Napoli's just rolling. They're rolling domestically. They're rolling internationally. It's crazy. Uh, they are in the same group with your Liverpool, Ajax and Rangers. And I mean, they, they just absolutely waxed and melks. Ajax like it was it was disgusting <laughs> yeah Ajax captain got a red card even at the end of the game that had nothing to do with the game no, it was no. out of reach at that point for yeah. uh for them against Napoli and I mean we even had some Tenga and Abele coming on as a sub uh, I love Napoli's cohesiveness with that 4-3-3 that they were playing and yeah they're 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 a pleasure to watch this year and I'm so happy that they have those Halloween kits coming out too yeah yeah their kids just make them even more enjoyable to watch but yeah i mean their attack is so potent um their midfield with anguisa has been really really impressive to me they just suffocate teams Ajax struggled a couple times to get the ball out of their own third and they just pounce on it and they take advantage of that every time i mean to put up six goals on Ajax in a champions league match at Ajax legit is, historic uh, yeah i mean that's that's a feat so yeah they're no joke i would love to see them make a run i would love to see them win seria and just keep it going so hopefully they can stay healthy and continue to play well um i, I think that solidified it uh for that group i think napoli and liverpool are through i don't think yeah. Ajax can recover from that i really don't yeah, and that's the interesting thing too. We're we're halfway through in the group stage. Everyone plays each other twice, so all these teams will go back and play one another again. So Ajax now have to travel to Napoli and play them again after just getting thrashed like that. So it is interesting to see too how teams respond now after just having played one another. Um, poor Copenhagen has to go and play Manchester City again. Um, Rangers have to go play Liverpool again. So it'll just be interesting to see some of these matches. You know, AC Milan coming back to play against Chelsea once again. They'll play them at um, AC Milan. So it is interesting to have the schedule kind of flip like that. And you just go right back to playing the same team that you've played. Of course, when I say right back, I mean two weeks, two and a half, whatever it might be, two and a half weeks, three weeks. but yeah, either way, we're in for some good matches. I was a little bit surprised Red Bull Salzburg beat Dynamo Zagreb, as you mentioned. I thought uh, Zagreb might do it to them. They've been looking pretty pretty solid so far. Juventus took care of Maccabi Haifa. Um, and Leipzig beat Celtic 3-1 in a match that was pretty close and back and forth for a little while. Um, Inter Milan outlasted Barcelona as well. Back to our quest for the Serie A in the final yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah. Barca, no goals back-to-back. Uh, I mean, they're in the group of death. You know, that is the that is the group C with Bayern, Inter, Barca, and then Victoria Pilsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was some controversy in this game. Um, what do you what do you think about uh, the handball? Was did, did you think there was anything there? Um I'm talking about the second one too. The Denzel I'm actually, Dumfries. yeah, yeah. I know what one you're talking about, and I'm. I said this before we hopped on. I've watched too many matches the last two days to keep everything straight, but the Dumfries. It it was it looked like a handball, handball. but it looked like it maybe bounced off his head in the box. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. When stuff happens like that so quickly and in such a close proximity, like that's like when somebody plays a pass from, you know, half a yard away from someone and it catches their hand. Like clearly that's unintentional. And I know that they changed the rule a few years ago to include unintentional contact. It was which after, is just it was after Sissoko got a, sh- a shitty handball call on him against Liverpool in the Champions League final. That's when they changed the rule right after that. In case, in case we needed to date date this. In case we needed to timestamp it. People um, don't forget. But they haven't really enforced that because they continue to say, oh, it was unintentional. Um, or like if a ball was kicked right into someone's hand. 
they don't always enforce that, which I personally agree with. I don't think in an unintentional handball, if it's very obvious that it was unintentional, I personally am completely against that. So, yeah, now it's coming back to me. Um, and, no, I, I don't think that that's a handball. Personally. So, Barca, three points. Inner, six points. Bayern, nine points. And then Victoria, Pilsen, zero points. Uh, Barca getting getting thrown into the Europa again. Is that what's going to happen here? It's looking like it. That's a huge result for Inter. Um, grab three points and go three points clear again. I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to play each other. So that'll be a huge match as well. Just going right back into it. Um, October 12th. So a week from today, actually, damn, they go right back and play again. God, the schedule's so crazy with the World Cup. So, so the the Argentine players played in the year in the U.S. on the East Coast. I want to say they played in New York Wednesday night, and then they all flew back, and most of them played Saturday, and then most of them played yesterday and today. It's just crazy to think that that it worked like, out for Messi. Yeah, it worked out for him. Did not work out for my boy Cuddy Romero. He's on a he's on a losing streak the last couple <laughs> games. Uh, but yeah, no, Messi, PSG, that that's his that's the 40th team he has scored a goal against in the Champions League. You ch- check my facts. That might not be correct, but I'm pretty positive that is based on my I believe it, yeah. Yeah. So dude, that curling ball set up by everything. Yeah, it had every Neymar fighting with the coach afterwards. Uh, yeah, a lot <laughs> going on. But they drew a 1-1 with Benfica, um, which hey, ben- didn't totally surprise me, really. No, ben- Benfica was good last year. They're decent this year. They uh, looked, yeah, they looked solid. Um, I mean, especially with, with Juventus, like, wetting the bed like they are, then Maccabi, yeah. Hefa, uh, it is. Group they H just, is, yeah, they're, they, they're coming out of Group H, no problem. They got they got dealt a tough hand, uh, Maccabi there. But, yeah, I, yeah. I think Benfica makes it out. They're tied with PSG right now, seven points each. Um, obviously, have to go back and face each other again next week. So we'll see how, you know, how, how things go there. But Juve, yeah, it, I mean, they, they got three points today against Maccabi, but um, doesn't look good for them right now as it sits. Mm-mm. Group G had a uh, City, Dortmund, Sevilla, Copenhagen. We already talked City just beating Copenhagen, but Dortmund, Sevilla, uh, huge, huge. Dortmund coming out and just putting it all out there. And Jude Bellingham, captain. I'm not for sure on this, but I thought I heard the announcer say that he is the youngest English captain to take over a squad for the Champions League. So that's pretty impressive. This dude is just going to be he's going to be Scrooge McDuck just swimming through gold coins like I think that's Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. Uh yeah, he's just going to be this summer he's going to be he's going to be getting bags out yeah. there. Just I don't even know what his value is at right now. It, it's it's over 100 million easy. Yeah, well, I hope Liverpool shells that out to him and not Real Madrid, but we shall see. Um, we... He is special. 19 years and 98 days, and he is captaining a team in the Champions League. And scoring goals, not just captaining, and le- leading and scoring goals. Yeah. And scoring goals, yeah. yeah. Nice little fake shot and then little outside the boot, just pass it into the far corner. Yeah, I was really impressed with Dortmund. I didn't get to catch the entire match. I just watched pieces of it uh, while I was at work. But 3-1 against Sevilla, against a, an experienced team. Um, I was really surprised by that. I actually expected the complete opposite. I thought Sevilla would win 3-2-1. or two to one. And uh, Dortmund came out and played well and really important points for them. That... Um, Put them up originally they they went into today's match with three points sevilla had one um and now they're up you know five points clear of them in second place so you know none of those teams dortmund sevilla and copenhagen are, are battling for first all of them are battling for second so that's a really huge result yeah uh that group is looking pretty good but did you see anything about group b that you like about club bruges porto leverkusen and atleti bruges has been very good. Um, they beat Atletico 2-0 yesterday. Or, God, what was that? Yesterday? Again, too many matches. But um, outshot 
by a lot. I think Atletico had 20 shots, like seven on target, no goals. Bruges, I think, had seven shots, six or seven shots altogether, um, three on target, and they put two of them away. So they've just been clinical. They've been really solid in the back. Um, and Atletico is in trouble right now. I mean, they they sit in fourth on goal differential. I guess really everyone in the group is is chasing Bruges. Um, Porto, Leverkusen, Atletico all have three points currently. So Bruges, Bruges beat everyone. All yep. the other teams have won just one game. They, they're handing each other points. So mm-hmm. it's nine and then three, three, three. So it's a crapshoot for whoever takes it. Uh, Bayern Leverkusen actually just uh, announced their new coach. It's uh, Xavi Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, I love that signing too. One, Xavi Alonso is the fucking man. Two, spent a lot of time in Germany. Um, I'm sure he knows the language. Uh, but what was his road? Was it Liverpool, then Real Madrid, then Bayern, or Bayern, then yeah. Real Madrid? I can't remember. Uh, Liverpool, Real, Bayern, yeah. Okay, and then I think he actually played – I can't remember who he played for originally as well. Like Real Sociedad is where he first started up maybe, in Spain, yeah, I want to say. Maybe. Yeah, I can't remember. But anyways, yeah, he. I mean, he's been everywhere. Every top club wanted him for yeah. 12 oh, years. phenomenal, you know? yeah. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, if you play at Bayern, you have to know at least some of the culture and everything. So, yeah, uh, Leverkusen, that's a good that's a good hire, in my opinion, for them. So. Oh, yeah, I think that's a great hire. Yeah, class. Um, other than that, just a couple Serie A notes from the weekend. Uh, Roma had a huge win over Inter 2-1, um, jumped four points clear of them into sixth place, and Inter with that loss dropped to ninth with 12 points. That's that's the belter alert right there. Yep, go ahead and give it to him. Paulo Dybala, dude, yeah. just volley rocket. He's so good for that team. I mean, he deserves forty thousand fans standing in in Roma, in Rome. Like it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, also, Jose wasn't. Uh, I think he's suspended right now, so he couldn't coach the match that that so there are videos naturally of him just watching from like the bus or a plane or wherever the fuck he was I, just... I think you can be in the stadium and you can even approach the squad at halftime i know that's how the premier league was because jesse marsh's yeah. ass was was off the pitch as well against uh, aston villa on sunday so <laughs> i think that's the same thing with syria so he could have been actually in in the stadium looking but instead he chose to watch it by himself on the bus and then, like, what did he hang out with fans afterwards? Is that what went viral? I don't know. I just saw a video of him on the bus watching the match, like with his feet up, chilling. And oh yeah. He, and there were just people taking videos of him, which is the most Jose thing. Like the only thing Jose could do to be more entertaining is embrace social media, and he has completely embraced Instagram. Yeah. Where Instagram. you know there's somebody with a camera on him just at all times. Like, hey, Jose, just. Be fucking ridiculous, and we're gonna post this, and it, it people are gonna love it. Yeah. And, and he just turns his, he just turns around. And he's like, "I am always ridiculous." I'm he's, the chosen one, and then he just turns back to the match. He's with Paul Pogba and Memphis Depay, just <laughs> just hanging out, sending contacts of in Stormzy who, of of who can make a thirty minute hype video for me. And he's <laughs> uh, that was actually Jose actually was in that rap video that you posted last week or two weeks ago yeah but that that was actually jose's idea that wasn't <laughs> surely yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah whoever's doing his pr uh yeah. and if he doesn't have anybody i'd be happy to do it yeah spit hot bars spit but hot uh bars. yeah so inter dropped to ninth to 12 points so right now napoli and atlanta both at 20 points napoli up on goal differential we didn't say still in third with 19 points they won over the weekend yeah um and then Lazio in Milan in fourth and fifth with 17 points each. So uh Roma right behind them, 16 points. So Serie A, it's it's a tight, it's a tight um race here. I mean, like I said, Inter dropped to ninth and they've got 12 points and you know four points away from being in six. So it's very close there that that top six and then even you know six through 10 or 11 is is pretty tight as well so keep it going like it 
Um, yeah, Champions League next week is just, like we said, all the matches today and yesterday flipped on their head. Um, Serie A next week. No matches that really stand out, um, with the exception, actually, of Atalanta and Udinese. Um one or two versus three, so an opportunity for Udinese to potentially make that jump. Um, and then Milan and, and Juventus, who are both kind of struggling right now, but still up there in that top. I think Juventus is seventh or eighth right now. Milan, AC Milan in fifth. Um, Napoli has Cremonese, so they should cruise right by them. So overall, I mean, I would say those are the the top two to watch is um, Udinese in Atlanta, absolutely, and then Milan Juventus. Yeah, nothing to nothing to say there. Brews, cheers, Belters. What you got? Uh, you already you already threw out your Belter, I guess. Paulo Dybala. Yeah, that was that was the Belter of the week, in my opinion. Um, my boo uh, is pretty deep one. Uh, it's for the NWSL and their leadership and the involvement when it comes to the like culture of abuse that they were harboring, yeah. and then also the fact that they were ignoring the facts that has come to light that this has been going on for years and yeah uh it's a super shitty situation and it's really escalated over the last couple days with uh most uh i know at least one team i think is chicago and then i forget the other one i want to say portland thorns um both had uh different employees let go um from from the very top so uh, definitely changes need to be made. There needs to be better protocol. And yeah, I, I mean, what more can you say? You know, it's like people are pleading with other people for help and it's not coming. So, yeah, not only not coming, but um, that that's also my boo. Um, also just being swept under the rug completely to protect these managers and, and, and staff that are, committing this abuse rather than protecting the players, which is disgusting. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. The, the three teams involved Chicago, Portland, Thorns and um, uh, Louisville, I think racing, racing SC yeah. or whatever they're called. Yeah, Dope. Um, really dope jerseys. Actually. I really, Hey, like we're them. not glorifying them right no, now. All right. We're not. No, we're not. <laughs> um, no, but all jokes aside, like seriously uh, encourage anybody to read into it because it is, um, I mean, just as a really t- irritating and and sickening, but um, it's it's something that should be paid attention to. Yeah, I mean, as of today, the Portland Thorns have dismissed two executives, and their owner is stepping down or steps aside. I is what they said, not stepping down, but steps aside. That's actually what I'm quoting it directly off of ESPN. So yeah, systematic abuse. It's yeah. A lot yeah. going on, and I think there's going to be a lot more coming as well. Um, but I mean, this is what this is how you make steps forward progressively in the future is you need to get rid of as much bad stuff as you can, and you know, you gotta gotta get rid of if because it's the same thing with like a, you hear this in the NBA and in the NFL, yeah. um, where there's these owners that are just so disconnected to reality and uh yeah it's just there's a lot yeah. going on and you know there's no need for that and and not just in sports but in workplace and just you know everything so yeah 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 i won't take it any further than that yeah read into the details um if you're interested i yeah i, I really don't even want to get into the details because they're pretty fucked up but yeah do you have yeah. a cheer anyway uh, i actually don't have a cheer jesus we <laughs> got bleak there I, I do, and I I don't even know if I should be throwing this good juju into the world, even though this is one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, and I'm not talking about Luka Modric. Um, I'm talking Eric about Eric Lamella. No, 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 no. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Keep, keep keep throwing out my other favorite players <laughs> that I've claimed on this podcast over 72 episodes, however many it's been. That it's like this is my favorite player. But no, Gareth Bale. Uh, in honor of Wales' first World Cup in 64 years. Uh, Gareth Bale has gone alongside and partnered with Glamorgan Brewing Company in Wales 
selling beer both in pubs and then also bottling or canning not for sure selling only in wales from what i understand uh golden ale called bale ale bale Fuck ale yeah, we gotta get some we gotta get some i uh, pull some string stoves i was actually looking at buying it online and seeing if they could ship it overseas <laughs> but i don't think they can right now but Damn. we'll see uh but yeah, so it looks like all the proceeds go to grassroots football and the Welsh, you know, Welsh soccer leagues. So hell yeah, lot lot going Good on. Good on there. you, Gareth. No, definitely. I mean, if there's one thing Gareth is all about besides golf, it's Welsh. It's just the country of Wales. Like he yeah. loves it. So shout out Gareth, man. Um, you already give your belter to Bala. Uh, that was going to be mine as well. So I will give it to. None other than Trent Alexander-Arnold silencing the critics. Beautiful curler. Um, what more do you want? I mean, the ball's placed there 24 yards out maybe, and you just know he's going to bury it. You know he's at least going to put it on target, and he did the damn thing. Yeah, that wasn't even uh, silencing the critics. That was Halo headshot run up to him and teabagged them no. by hitting that, that R button. Just yep. Down, 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 down. That's what he did right there. Perfect. And that's all I got, Toby. I like it. Anything else? Anything I'm forgetting? Anything? (laughs) No, no, not right now. Follow us on uh, Instagram. Keegs is posting some good stuff. We're on Twitter. Uh, Probably too much, but here we are. So yeah, yeah, it's taken away from my my work life. I honestly feel like we are becoming a Napoli Georgian. Uh, yeah, fans, fan site, like that's all we kind of are right now. Yeah. So, yeah, our Twitter is where everyone comes for Kavika news at and, Bruins and Belters. Yeah, and like really a lot of other clips, but uh, no one hits the follow button. So give us a follow, not just some likes, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep that heat coming. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>